to talk to you today is we think about how we're made to count and we have a drive for significance that God has placed in us about a question, how's your life working for you? And then offer an invitation, and that is to find God in all things. I am talking to you today from a fabulous place. It's actually a Benedictine Abbey, and it's just outside of Portland, Oregon. And I'm here with a friend, John Mark Comer, who has brought a, a whole group of people, a lot of folks together from different churches to think together about how can we help the people in our churches who want to follow Jesus find a way of life that is transformational or life-giving. And then there's a little gathering after that that I'm uh, here for. And this place is a place of so much beauty. I'm not even sure that it's legal for me to do this. So if I get arrested by some monks while I am giving this talk, um, at least there will be a cell for me to go to. They take you to a little cell when you come here and they're very hospitable. They'll say, uh, if there's anything that you don't have that you need, come and let us know and we'll show you how to get along without it. There is actually a sign on the elevator when you get in. I, I sent a picture to my pal Tim and I think you, you may be able to see it. But on the elevator, you know, where it'll often say, for assistance, immediately call. And then it says, uh, oh, God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me, which I thought was wonderful. Um, but I wanted to talk about this idea of a way of life or the, the language that's sometimes used for it in spiritual communities historically is a rule of life. That can be kind of off-putting because rules... Uh, do not sound very life-giving, but the idea was actually not rules in the plural, but a, a way of life, really. What's a way of life where I can find God in each moment? So I thought I would talk about that idea for a few moments together with us and then look at something that Ignatius had to say about it. But you might reflect right now about what is your way of life? Because we all have one. Um, in certain spiritual communities, certain orders, they will agree together on a particular way of life, how they arrange their time or their work or their possessions or so on. Um, we have a way of life, whether it's accidental or on purpose, whether it is serving us well or serving us badly. And wise people have always understood the importance of this. So go back to the first Psalm. And the Psalm says, blessed is the person. I think there are some monks walking behind me right now. I'm gonna talk quiet for a moment. Maybe they won't notice me. Um, blessed is the person who does not uh, walk in the steps of sinners or stand in the way of the wicked or sit in the seat of the scornful. Now, those sound like really bad things to do. What's the idea there? Well, that's just the person um, who doesn't live the way that everybody else does, who doesn't live by default. That's just the way the world runs. And then the psalmist goes on, but this person, the blessed person, uh, finds delight in the law of the Lord, and on this law they meditate day and night. They'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water whose leaves never wither. Whatever they do prospers, bear fruit in their season. And the idea really comes to our mind here. Again, obviously, nobody's going to sit around and meditate on the book of Leviticus all day long, but the idea of the law of Torah is God's story, God's truth, God's goodness, God's presence for us. And our minds all dwell on something, and sometimes they delight in it. Sometimes we uh, are fearful of it. But to dwell, of, to dwell in our minds on what is good and to find delight in it and joy in it, that's the core of a healthy life. The end of the psalm, it says, 
Um, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous or truly good people. Not just over the people, but over their way, but the way of the wicked. Lost people, um, people whose lives are marked by brokenness and sin and wrongdoing and ego and self, that way is headed to perish. So there's this ancient idea that some people find a way to live that's healthy and other people uh, end up living in a way that is destructive and they become consumed by selfishness, by addictions, by the need for pleasure, by the need for success, by the need for money. So what's the way that you arrange your life around? Now, in Jesus' day, it was quite simple. If people wanted to find a new way of life, they would just physically follow him around. And they knew they had left what they were doing before, left the boats, left the nets. They're following Jesus around. So there was a very clear way of life. And then after Jesus resurrected, this new community got formed, the Holy Spirit came, and Acts 2 describes a way of life. Around verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer. Uh, to, um, gosh, why can I not even remember right now? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, prayer, to fellowship, and something else. They met together. Uh, at the temple regularly every day they broke bread in each other's homes they would take their possessions and sell them and and give the money to help other people they had a very clear way of life and then what happened was after a few centuries of this initially there was a lot of persecution uh, a lot of suffering so that little community was very distinct from the rest of the world and people knew they were entering into a life that had sufficient intensity to bring transformation and then uh, Christianity spread. Eventually, Constantine said, now that's the mandatory religion in the Roman Empire. And it kind of got diluted. It kind of got just, uh, you could live a regular old life. And as long as you believed a few of the right things about Jesus, then you were in. But there was no power in that way of life because uh, it was not designed to bring people into union with God and to be increasingly freed from sin and guilt and brokenness and filled with love and joy and compassion. So, a man named Anthony went out into the desert to try to find another way of life, and other people started doing that, and uh, they experienced such profound spiritual power that people began to flock out to them. And so they formed communities like the Benedictine community. And they found a certain way of life. They would arrange everything they did, how they handled possessions, what time they got up, how they prayed, um, the clothes that they wore, how they would relate to each other, when and how they would eat, around the goal of union with God. Blessed, the blessed life. But of course, one of the difficulties was that that way was available to people who went out in the desert. But what if you don't go out in the desert? Uh, like, is there child care in the desert if you're a parent of a young child? And so over the years, different communities would work once again to try to find for our day a way of life. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer formed a seminary underground in Nazi Germany. He wrote a book, uh, Life Together, that is about the way of life that he and that little community formed. Again, it was a very distinct way because they were living in the middle of Nazi Germany. So it was really clear if you're entering into that way what you're doing and why. And um, Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 steps, is another example of a way of life, a rule of life. So the question for you and me in the fellowship of the withered hand is, God, will you show us a way of life where we can be connected with you and experience transformation? And part of why it's so important that we are the fellowship of the withered hand, that we're people who realize we cannot do it 
is um, otherwise I will always be tempted to cling to my life and think that I can have life as usual and just God at an end. Or it will feel like, oh man, if I have to think about rearranging my life, uh, it's going to be way too much work. It will be overwhelming. But if I recognize, you know what? I died. I have been crucified with Christ. That old life, the old reputation, the old success, the old stuff that I thought that I had to grab onto is no longer available to me. So now I'm free and I'm looking for a way of life. Now, uh, in Ignatius' day, he lived long after those guys that first went out to the desert. And uh, he recruited people that were very action-oriented. They were going to go around the world. They were going to be involved in education. They were going to serve people. So they had to have a real different way of life than the desert guys had. They had to be ready to move. Ignatius actually uh, called out onto the carpet one of his followers, true story, who was advising people to pray for more than an hour a day. Ignatius says, no, 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 the truly mortified person shouldn't need more than five minutes to be able to connect fully with God because he had to have people that were ready to move. Here's what he told people to do. He told the people that were following him to find God in all things. That's a phrase that's deeply associated with Ignatius. And of course, deeply associated with the Bible. Find God in all things. For example, in talking with someone, when you speak to somebody, listen for what God might say through them. See God in them. In walking. Do I walk with God? in looking. I set the Lord always before me. As I look around here, I see God in nature. I see God in this building. I see God in art. I see God in beauty. In tasting, taste and see that the Lord is good. In hearing the fundamental text for Israel, Deuteronomy 6, 4, that they would say every morning and every night, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Him shall you love with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. In thinking, find God in your thinking. The mind set on the Spirit is life and peace, and in everything they do. So, the invitation, find God in everything. The question, how's your life working for you? How would you like to rearrange your life? We all arrange our lives, so this is nothing that we need to be overwhelmed by. The question is, is not so much uh, doing different things, but doing the same old things we used to do in different ways. Like, uh, when you go to sleep at night, what would you like for that moment to be like? How do you go to sleep with God? What would it be like to wake up with God and face the day with anticipation? Lift up your hearts. Take a moment to do that. Nancy's doing uh, kind of a cool project right now. She has been reflecting on books that shaped her when she was young and re-reading re them now. So there was a children's version of Pilgrim's Progress that she loved. There was an inspiring book by Catherine Marshall about a young woman named Christy who was devoting her life to help other people. There was a book about plucky little children called the Boxcar Children who found life together. She's reading that could be what you read, could be any number of things. How is your life working for you? Where's God calling you to rearrange it so that you can find the blessed life? You are made to count. Today, find God in all things. 
Thanks for joining us here at becomenew.me. If you'd like to receive the daily emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me at gmail.com. Or if you want prayer, you can text us at 855-888-0444. Thank you.